Hello, and welcome to Towson University Podcast. This is our inaugural episode, so we will sort of introduce ourselves and let, give you an idea of what this club is going to be about. But, yeah, this is Towson University Club. Uh, con- sorry, consists of myself and a few other students, and we'll just talk about campus life, um, anything that comes to mind, honestly, and just whatever we want to. Just mostly freestyle, I'm not going to lie. So on this one, it consists of myself and... And myself. Now, just to keep this super informal and to sort of leave it, I guess, open-ended as to not, like, sway anybody who's listening, uh, we're going to keep it mostly anonymous, but hopefully you'll be fine with that. doesn't really matter. We're going to do it no matter what, so, yeah. So, uh, like I said, recently formed club um, consists of five, six, seven, doesn't matter how many members, just a few of us, and we'll probably talk about stuff every week or so, try and release it semi-regularly, and just, you know, give people on uh, campus something to be entertained by. So, alright, so for this one, we're keeping it really informal, keeping it something that people can probably be interested in. We're going to talk about our top ten movies lists. So, you know. See, the, the thing about movies is they interest everybody. Everybody has one favorite movie, and we're going through our top 10 favorite movies, so. Like, it's it's very rare for people to never have a conversation saying, do you like this movie? What do you think of this movie? Like, if you need something to do on a Saturday night and you got nothing else to do, you can always go and see a movie. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. no one just doesn't want to not see movies. It's, yes. it's very rare for that. So, we'll do it pretty informally. Um, I, myself, don't have, I have a list, but I don't have the movies in any particular order. Um... You do have an order? Yeah, I, I, I personally have my list, plus I have it in order, so so I'll be going from number 10 up. Yeah. And all of us will, will be prepared to justify our answers after yeah. we give them. Like, and granted, we might have a few movies that you haven't heard of. Uh, mine has maybe two or three that people haven't heard of. I don't know. Most, But most of them pretty well known, I'd say, overall. Um... So yeah, and we'll just sort of go from there. So I guess we can start with number 10 sure. for you. Um, my number 10 movie is The Sandlot. I oh. love The Sandlot. That was my childhood. There were so many quotable lines from it. There were so many lessons that people could learn from it. And considering that I'm a baseball fan myself, mm. I really love the movie. Right. And there were just so many interesting characters that you were always interested to see grow up. How did you feel about that? Okay, so this is actually ironic because you know this. I didn't see The Sandlot until this year. So I didn't mm. get like... I watched it actually with you and with another person. That's a shame. That's a shame. I know, and here's the thing. I watched it and I did like it. Like, it was really funny. I liked most of the characters and I finally understood the reference of You're killing me, Smalls. Like, I finally got You're that. You're killing me, Smalls. Yeah, <laughs> God damn, it was It was great. The thing that sucks, though, is like I couldn't have that sort of childhood feeling that I could imagine you get it, yeah. get it from it a yeah, lot yeah, more. Yeah. Like... Same thing with um, the movie Home Alone. Like, I feel like you watch that as a kid and you appreciate it a lot more. See, but but Home Alone was like... See, the the thing about The Sandlot is that I was it's that... perfect for kids. Like, I, I was that small kid who would go out with his friends to play baseball. Exactly. And then that movie would come out about small kids going out to, to play baseball with their friends. Like, it hits and, and I could relate. The thing about Home Alone is that it's like... So how many kids have ever had to be Home Alone and then have to, like deal with criminals breaking in I and mean, then have to take yeah. care of them. So, so that's why I like the, the Sandlot personally. Yeah. Oh, for the record, actually, I hate Home Alone. 
It's one of my really. Least, it's one of my least favorite Christmas movies. I, I can't stand it. I haven't Any watched it in um, in a while. But I know when I was in the the movie theater recently, mm-hmm. they had a preview for um, for old movies Gosh. being digitally yeah. remastered and whatnot. I remember and that. And it, it gave one of the worst lines <laughs> of the movie where, where he's like so are you, are you guys done or are you thirsty for more and I was yeah. like <laughs> I was like I, I, I realized that wasn't not the I'm not best quite fond of that movie just, yeah. just, just, just not the best so yeah, so, yeah. but yeah Sandlot I'm, I am a fan of it uh, not in my top 10 maybe in my top 20 actually I'll say in my top like 35 maybe 30 it's, it's pretty good. I just wouldn't want to watch it like any kind of time. Yeah. But yeah, it is yeah, like, yeah. it's a feel good movie, which is always really nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so gonna go from that to yeah, my number 10. Um, going from that happy feeling movie, uh, my fa- my number 10 is gonna be Dread. If anybody has seen oh. that movie. Have you seen Dread? I've, I've heard of it, but tell us what it's about. So, okay. If you can. Basically, the background of this movie, and they only talk about it for about like two minutes, is basically the entire world is a wasteland. It's that sort of sort of cliche sort of thing right and uh the world is like the area that is safe is like just this one massive city that spans like the eastern seaboard yeah. and it's taken covered by the hall of justice which is basically the judges and they get to decide if people deserve to die if they should be sitting in prison all this kind of stuff they and have to decide like that how did they get to power uh it just sort of like at, the world was like screwed to hell for a while where it was just like anarchy and then yeah. slowly over time they sort of established themselves because uh. they were like law enforcement like right, they were right. proper law yeah, enforcement yeah, yeah. and yeah like the entire movie it's not a big movie it's just like they go into a building they have to take down a mob boss basically in the building and then the mob boss realizes they're in there so they have to work their way up to her and finally like take her down but the thing is it's like it's so straightforward it has amazing effects and it's just so realistic and gritty that I just love it for right. no reason right. like it just shows how screwed up people can be depending on the situation they're in. Like, all the people are impoverished and, like, they have no kind of money. They're basically slaves to the mo- uh, the gangs yeah. in there. And, like, they just can't... Like, they end up turning on each other because of stuff like that. I don't know. It's just... I love it. It's fantastic to me. Interesting. I don't know. So, so who stars in the movie? Um, okay. So, there's... I can't remember either of the actors, which is bad. It's that one dude that, like... Uh, imagine what you think, like, Superman Carl should look Irvin. like. Carl Urban. Thank you. There we go. Yeah, he's. Uh, Thank you. He's in a lot of stuff, but he's never like really a main role. He does a lot of drama, and then he it has one chick who's like a psychic, which is weird because they just oh. her, like guess what? Oh. She's psychic and she oh. can read people's. Mind. How? I know. Why? It, it's like basically a mutation from the radiation of the screwed up world uh, or something like that. Uh, but like they use it just enough so that it doesn't seem weird. Like okay. Like when I first heard it, I'm like, this is gonna be dumb. But they use it like so well. I'm like, I can actually buy this it wasn't bad fair enough I can't remember I think her name's like Olivia Newton or something like that Olivia Thoroughby there we go thank you Olivia Thoroughby thank you yeah she's in a lot of stuff she's a lot of smaller stuff but she's really funny she was in um uh that movie with Kevin Hart when he was the best man oh really yeah he when he would like be hired to be the best man and all that kind of stuff she was in there she was Kevin Hart's love interest I think oh yeah all right all right, but yeah, moving on. Uh, number, or actually, did you want to do your 10? No? Okay. All right, we'll get back to that, hopefully. Um, your number nine. Uh, mine is actually Pulp Fiction. Um, oh, I, my God. I, Dude. I've, that, that is my number nine movie. It, mm. it, it would be up on top more, but probably if I had watched it um, 
when I was younger, <laughs> but, yeah. but but I honestly oh just just watched it um, last year. And right. again, quotable lines, but but what I like about that particular movie is is that it doesn't follow the same stereotypical format of mm-hmm. other movies with exposition, and then the climax, and then the resolution. Right. It, it it comes in where 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 you're just like, what is going on, and then just separate episodes, and then you put the entire thing together. You're just like, yo, that was great. It was awesome. Um, so many mem- like memorable performances from the entire cast. That was that was great. Um, oh my gosh! And that was yes. good. How'd you feel about? It? Okay, so, and you already know this, but just to clarify, I started freaking out because Pulp Fiction is on my list. Yeah. But it's honestly closer to like my top three. Ooh. But for now, I'm just gonna like claim it's my number nine, just so we can talk about it all at once yeah, yeah, and yeah, not yeah, come back to it. Yeah. But I love the movie so much. I saw it when I was like. Not a little kid, because it's not a movie you should watch when you're a little kid. Yeah, definitely. But, like, I saw it a bit earlier than I should have, uh, and, like, it just blew me away. Yeah. Like, Samuel L. Jackson's performance, John Travolta, the freaking dance scene uh, yeah. to Johnny B. Good, or not Johnny B. Good, to, like, some retro 50s song I can't even remember. Yeah. Like, everything about it was just fantastic to me. Like, I love every single character. Freaking Royale with cheese, all the lines and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's just one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, like the, like 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 that line. They mention it in that Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. Oh my! Gosh. And then as the movie goes on, they mention it again, and that's sort of one of the like um, the the common things that that sort of ties the scenes together. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, this one comes before. Oh, this one comes after. Exactly. Um, so that's. Yeah, the sequencing was nice. was nice. I really liked how they did the sequencing because the first scene is the uh, ends with the Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. Yeah, and that's actually like near the middle of the movie. Yeah, like yes. it opens with that, but that would realistically be about the midpoint or the climax around, of the movie. Yeah, around. And then like just so many cool, like memorable things like shooting Marvin in the face. And yeah, yeah. we're kind of spoiling stuff, but it's from nineteen ninety four. So if you haven't seen it by now, I'm sorry. We're yeah, gonna I, spoil stuff. I, I hope so. Like, come on. But yeah, it was just. I, it was fantastic, and the soundtrack is phenomenal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like, those, that is actually one of the few movies that um, that will always be timeless and yeah. will never or should never get a reboot ever. Absolutely. <laughs> no sequels, nothing. It sh- mm. it should be a standalone film. Yep. And, absolutely. And just just if, shine. If they ever so. redid it, which thank God, Quentin Tarantino again, one of my favorite directors. But if he ever, he wouldn't redo movies. Yeah. But if anybody ever tried to, it would just it would destroy it. It would just sully it so much. There you go. It, All yeah. right, so your next movie. Oh, uh, well, I was doing that for my nine. Should we go to eight? Yeah, yeah, go. Just okay. Uh, eight, I will do. Just to stay somewhat on the subject of it, I'll actually do Reservoir Dogs, another Quentin Tarantino movie. Again, I haven't seen it. Yes, <laughs> it actually came before um, Pulp Fiction. It was really? his second movie, I think. First or second? I can't remember. Yeah, it was, okay, so the movie starts out of a bunch of people just, like, sitting at a dining table, yeah. or at a diner, just talking about, like, okay, so we're talking about all this stuff, just, like, random chatter, and then they talk about this heist they're gonna do, and then it, like, cuts to black, and then the next scene is a dude bleeding out in the back of a car, oh. and a guy saying, don't oh. worry, you're gonna be fine. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> the entire movie right. is basically of all the men getting back to the warehouse, which is their yeah. safe house, yeah. and trying to figure out who sold them out. And, like, so much stuff just happens. Like, they end up taking a cop hostage. This, like, people get chased down to the warehouse. I think only one dude makes it out, which is, like, it's it's really good. And it's, like, heavily dialogue-based. So, like, the thing is, if you want action, it's not really 
the thing yeah. to see. Like, yeah. there are a couple scenes in there with it. But again, same thing with Quentin Tarantino. Like, great soundtrack, great characters. Like, all of them go by different names. Like, Mr. Pink, Mr. Orange, Mr. Blue, Mr. Brown. And this one dude, like, one of my favorite scenes in it is he's like, hey, question, why am I Mr. Pink? He's like, because you're a fool. And then, like, it's just dumb shit like that where, like, he's complaining about it, complaining about it. He's like, he yells out that. I should probably censor that out. Anyways, but... <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, I, I don't know. Just really great movie, in my opinion, and moving on. You're, you're number yes. eight. All right. Um, my number eight actually was um, Iron Man. I, oh, okay. I loved it um, not just because of how good the movie was, right? Mm -hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe took a huge gamble with Robert Downey Jr. This man was an alcoholic. Yeah. And his, like, he was actually a pretty good actor way back when, right? Yeah. And then... He had all these alcohol problems, all these drug problems, and he had marriage problems, and everyone was like, oh my god, mm -hmm. this dude is going straight downhill. And then they were looking to find that perfect actor for Tony Stark, and the two people was actually Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Cruise. Oh, Tom Cruise, why? <laughs> and, 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 oh my gosh. And so, like me watching the finished product now, it's impossible to to see Tom Cruise in it. So, yeah. So, um... They took a huge gamble with having Robert Downey Jr. clean up and then play a superhero alcoholic. Yeah. And it, but he did amazing. He was really good at, at, at being just a really smart, really witty, really um, opinionated <laughs> individual that still has that good hero streak in him. And I feel like it, mm -hmm. it really fit who he was as a person much more. And so. The interesting okay. thing now is, like, he's become so iconic. Because that came out in 2008, right? Yes, 2008. Yeah. It's, like, so iconic now that people make new characters. Like, they made, like, um, Star-Lord for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, yes, and they're yes. like, yeah, he's an Iron Man-esque character. He, yes. just, he doesn't care. He's kind of a rogue. He doesn't, you know, he does what he wants to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, like, it's become just so iconic. And I agree. That movie, fantastic. Like, yeah, just what, barely not in my top ten, honestly. Um, what What's interesting is, is that if before that movie you ask someone who their favorite superhero was, mm -hmm. it would not be a contest between, like, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, yeah. and whatnot. Like, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, they weren't the coolest heroes. They were popular, but they weren't the coolest. It was more of, like, you see you see them individually, it's like, yeah. okay, they're all right. But yeah. you look at the Avengers, like, the Avengers are cool. Yeah. Them alone, not really. Except yeah. for Thor. Everybody loves <laughs> Thor. But, so, yeah. It was, it was really good. The, Plus, the, it launched the cinematic universe. For it Marvel. did. It, it did. <laughs> like, if they hadn't done that, we wouldn't be where we are now. Yeah. Like going on to Infinity War Part One and Two. Yeah. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. The oh the graphics were were just 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 great. It blew everybody away. Like, it's. I it was, feel like it great. it's one of those movies that it's hard to think of somebody who's watched it and didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. It's. I don't know. Um. All right. I'll stick with the superhero movies right. and move on to my seven. Uh, my number seven is Watchmen. Oh, very nice. Very yeah, nice. Now, okay. Yeah. I'm realizing as we go down this list, I like stuff that's like gritty and yeah, somewhat quite realistic. Like, yeah, like dark, gritty, yeah. realistic, grounded. Yeah. Even though it's still like, you can tell it's cartoonish just because of like the premise. Yeah, it. yeah. But like, so okay, Watchmen, if you haven't seen it or ever heard of it, it's based off of a graphic novel and it's basically of these heroes known as the Watchmen. But it kind of moves into a lot darker territory. Like, it talks about uh, atomic war, it talks about rape, it talks about uh, radiation and cancer. It talks about, like, all this stuff. It's basically like Cold War era. If we had won, but we weren't really 
Russia was still a threat to us, so we lived just in constant fear of them. So basically, it's just the Cold War, honestly. Uh, pretty much the Cold War. Yeah, pretty much. But it, like, the characters are just so well-realized, and the entire movie is basically, like, one large plot of all of the Watchmen are going to be killed at some point. Like, someone is hunting them down. Right. However, the issue is, it also, like, goes into each of their backstories as it talks about them. Yeah. And it shows how, like, they... And, like, the thing I really like about it is you meet the characters and you realize they are not good people. Like, they're not all good people. One dude does, like, heinous crimes in Vietnam where he rapes people, he burns down people's villages, he slaughters people for no reason, and he says it's in the name of war. And it's like, you can see that in the time as being a justification. Yeah. But now that they're out of the war, it's just, you can't be okay with it anymore. So it's like they actually tackle issues like that, which I really love. So it's... Just really interesting movie. A bit long, not gonna lie. Yeah, like yeah. people, if you want to watch it, just be ready to sit through it. But really good movie in my opinion. So, you um, your ten, number ten. This is n- number seven at the moment. Oh, sorry, um, why did I say ten? <laughs> number seven for me actually will will probably catch you off guard. It's it's actually Boys in the Hood. Dude, um, I, I can't even argue with that though. Like it, that that actually was nominated into the American American Film Institute for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. I feel like um, that's appropriate. And and it was such just a real movie. I, I can't really think of any other adjectives but real. Yeah. Um, where where they realistically portrayed um, life in the hood, pretty much, right? right? Yeah. Um, and it's not one of those movies that has a happy ending. Yeah. It's one of those movies that ha- that has memorable characters, that has character arcs, mm-hmm. all within one movie. And then it has this, this really, really sad tragedy at the end. But it makes sure that, that you realize that that happens every day. Yeah. In the hood. So it's not just one movie that, that everybody knows who dies. And it's, yeah. it, people die every day. So, so it's... It was quite an, an interesting movie by Ice Cube and, and Morris Chestnut and the, the the whole cast and whatnot. And it also did well to um, to sort of speak to African Americans and their daily struggle. Right. In all parts of the world. So now the interesting thing to me about Boys in the Hood is, like you said, it's phenomenally made. It has like you actually invest in the characters. And granted, I've only seen it twice. Actually, no, I've seen it a few times. I never remember it well though. Right. I know the entire story. I just don't remember specific things about it. Yeah. The thing is, there are movies that try to display the same thing, like um, Juice. Because yeah, I'm almost certain you've seen Juice. Yeah. Right? Yes, yeah. Yes. I love that movie, but I would in no way say it measures up to Boys in the Hood. Right. Because it yeah. displays something similar. But Boys in the Hood just does it so realistically and so honestly. Yeah. And it's not trying to, like, force any message on you. It's just telling you this is how things work. Yep. And I'm sorry, yep. but this is how things are going to stay. Yeah. Which I just think is, I love that message. I love the feeling of the movie, honestly. And I love, like, just the bonds between characters. Like, by the end of it, you can see how yeah. it, yes, definitely, you understand definitely. how everything works. See, that, that, that actually reminds me ironically of the movie Straight Outta Compton where, oh, where yeah. the the first half of the movie is portraying life in Compton mm-hmm. <laughs> or portraying life in the hood and, and all the difficulties that they had to deal with right. um, however what I also love about Boys in the Hood is that these protagonists they had no special skills <laughs> yeah. they couldn't rap they couldn't sing they one of them could play football really really well but uh, but really- but what what happens in the hood is that there are people that have a lot of great talents but go unnoticed mm-hmm. because they don't have the the 
necessary ways to get out of the hood, to get to to a university, to exactly. get to to a draft coach. Like, there, he, he wasn't able to do that. So it was just a story about normal people trying to make it through the hood, mm -hmm. and obviously not everybody makes it through the hood, right? Yeah. And it's it's interesting. It's 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 quite interesting. After watching the movie, I wouldn't say there would be anybody who'd point and say, I would love to live there. Like that's right. that's that that's not anything that they'd say. But it's like no, I'll I'll stay here. Yeah. I'll chill. I'm good. Yeah, right. Well. <laughs> right, right. So it's 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 quite it's, interesting. Yeah. He, um I know Ice Cube was watching something on TV and and he made mm -hmm. a comment saying that my brother got shot and it wasn't on the news at all. Yeah. Nobody cares about the boys in the hood. Oh, okay. Nobody. And it, it's it's quite interesting because they, and, and it's quite ironic because they made the movies so, sort of to raise awareness of right. what's going on and also to, to speak to African-American men and then African-American women and then everybody in general <laughs> just of what they could possibly do to help out, right? They were, were actually speaking about drugs. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Ice Cube's point, no, I, I think it was Morris Chestnut's point was was um, was that black men were doing too many drugs mm -hmm. and in the hood shooting one another, and then the character that Lawrence Fishburne plays, yeah, his oh, character, he he, fantastic. he he was intelligent mm -hmm. and but and he also lived in the hood. It was like all right, that's cool, right. but he made sure that his two sunlight. Yeah, um, like sort of. Yeah, he yeah. was a father figure. Yeah, then, they basically like he made sure that that they knew that um, like how did those drugs get into the hood? <laughs> the the people who use the drugs don't don't have the resources to actually get the drugs in and use them. Right. So he said there's definitely an outside party that's involved, but that's not getting punished for anything. So, yeah. so it was it was quite interesting. I like. I feel like, again, not on my top ten list just because it's it's an iconic movie. It's a fantastic movie. It's not a movie I'd watch every day. Definitely not. Like, <laughs> nope. Because most of my movies are like things that I could like sit down any kind of time yeah, and just yeah, watch yeah. it. And I'm like, Boys in the Hood, it's so good. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with that one, though. Not going to lie. Yeah. All right. Um, number six, I think. Yeah. Yeah, six. So, okay, this one, I started sort of putting the rest of my list based off of movies that I just didn't have, like, for that genre. Right. So this one is my favorite horror movies. It was oh. almost a tie between You're Next and Scream. Have you seen either of those? Uh, Actually, I know you've seen You're Next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember it, though? I remember part of it. I remember the general plot, but... <laughs> yeah, uh, the thing with You're Next is, again, it's just a really gritty, like, just focused horror movie. But I would definitely put Scream over it. I I do notice that um that those those two movies are more classic horror movies because they they because it is so real. Yeah. Not so many jump scares. It's um, like it's it's not some immortal being like uh what yeah. is it, Jason from yeah. Friday the thirteenth coming yeah. after you or some demon coming after you. It is a person with a knife. And you can technically fight them. But do you really want to come after somebody who's right. this crazy to right. be hunting people down? Yeah, and it, it it makes people think, what would I do in that in, in if if I was in that situation? Right. But with the Paranormal Activity movies, if you ask yourself that, what would I do if, if there was this immortal demon in my house? Like, well, ain't fighting <laughs> that. <am I? laughs> and it's like I, I'd pack up and move. Exactly. <laughs> Just leave. 
like, but it's an another reason why I put Scream over um, Your Next is it just like it breaks apart all the horror movies up to then. Like the dude yeah. would call her on the phone and be like, I'm like he would talk to them and be like, I know what you think is gonna happen next. You're wrong. I'm already three steps ahead of you. And it's just such a tense, yeah. <laughs> horrifying thing to think. I can go out this door, but he says he's watching me from out this door. So should I still go out this door? It's like, or is he just messing with me? Or is he both? It's right. it's just so minutely psychological that is just I I love it. Like, and plus, Scream was actually the only horror movie ever to actually like frighten me. Like, really? Because I watched it when I was like seven, and then I'm like, oh, this is kind of no, maybe not. And then it and grew on other me. horror movies when you were seven didn't bother you. No, nope. <laughs> I watched Friday the Thirteenth. I watched. Um, what is it, Freddy Krueger movie? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and they just did not bother me. Oh, I wow. I don't know why they right. just didn't. But Scream, it just got to me because it's like, especially one of the ending move scenes. They're just in the house and he's hunting them down and he's just talking to them the entire time. I'm like, <laughs> this is just no, I can't do this. Yeah, but yeah, that, it just love it. See so. now, now if if you were in that situation and he like say. That he wanted to, to talk to you mm -hmm. on the phone the entire time. Yeah. Would you hang up that phone, knowing that that he claims that he says that he's a couple steps ahead of you, mm -hmm. and just would you stay on the phone or would you leave your life in your hands? It's such a question because you can try and use like the whole phone call to your advantage. Like maybe I can hear where he's coming from. Right. Maybe I'll like be able to figure out from something he says. He yeah. says he sees something or something like that. But at the same time, he's doing the same thing to you. Yeah. He's listening for your voice, and he is probably like just stalking you from it. It's right. honestly, I don't even know. But yeah, I that's, don't know. that's interesting. Um, your number six. Going a stark contrast to the horror movie theme. Fair um, my my number six is the Prestige. Oh, actually, mm, that's good. I I loved it because it was not the traditional magic movie. Yeah. And like it, it did have some fantasy fiction aspects to it. Right. But the main premise for anybody who's seen it is that Christian Bale's character has this trick that's wonderful and that that gains him like um, critical fame and, and whatnot. Yeah. And then Hugh Jackman's character tries to figure out how he did it and goes to ridiculous lengths mm. to try to duplicate his trick, but cannot do it. And at the end of the movie, there's a twist that the viewer is not looking for. And it's a it's a fairly simple one. Like it really it, is. It, it it definitely explains how he did it, mm -hmm. why he did it, what he did. And you like everything in the movie sort of makes sense. Yeah. After that they yeah. 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 And and it's 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 interesting because that that movie sort of teaches you like they um like it's it's really not worth it to try to copy someone else's work, mm -hmm. and especially to get that invested. <laughs> um, and just making sure it was, they had, it was, it was bad. I know they had been rivals in the movie. I've seen the movie, but I don't remember it perfectly well. I remember the twist at the end, and I remember yeah. bits and pieces of it. Yeah, they had been rivals because they had like been under the same teacher or something like that, right? Yes. Or, um, okay. They were taught by the same magician. Yeah. Um, and Christian Bale's character wanted to do things one way hmm. and um, Hugh Jackman's character sort of wanted to go by the book yeah. um, and sort of clash by deals yeah and civil war sorry and, and, and since that actually happened Hugh Jackman's character became commercially successful hmm. while Christian Bale's character was still 
performing in small theaters and whatnot. Right. Because he always wanted to do something different and it didn't always work out for him, right? right? But then he made that one trick and everyone was like, wow, that was great. And then the in, entire movie was just Hugh Jackman trying to figure out how to do it. Mm. And taking moral holidays. <laughs> and just like, he, he would hurt people, he would kill people, he would he would just go to, go to ridiculous lengths to try to duplicate this trick, yeah. and at the end to just realize, wow, I did all this, f like for such a simple trick. And the and I will say this, Christian Bale's character, I think it yes. was, basically with the trick, he had an ace in the hole where he could do it like no sweat. Yes, yes. like it was just easy. <laughs> it's just so oh my, it's interesting. I don't know. I really appreciated that movie just for the simplicity of the twist, and yes. it made like it tied it to tied it together really well. Yeah. Like it all made sense at the end of it, and I appreciate that from a movie with magic. I, I do love Christopher Nolan's style. Um, he oh that was Christopher Nolan. Yes. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> um, he he uh, what he does is I don't know if if anybody has noticed, but for every single one of his movies, the ending of the movie. Hmm. Is to him is the most important part. Yeah, he wants to make sure that everybody understands what happened in the movie, and to understand, wow, this is what happened. This is the lesson that, that you should take from it. Inception, and great example. Of yes, <laughs> like it's so. His movies are always just one level deeper than everybody in that theater is seeing at the moment. So. Right. All right. Very good choice. Very very good choice. I actually forgot about that one. Um, all right, moving on to number five. Okay, so mine, again, kind of a superhero movie, but right. not really. Blade Two. Huh. Now, did you ever see Blade Two? I, I saw Blade. I, I didn't mm. see Blade Two. So, okay, here's my thing. I saw the first Blade when I was, like, really young. It came out before I was born, I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. And I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of... Eh. Like, I actually wasn't that impressed with it, honestly. Yeah. I saw the second one, and it was amazing. Wow. Because, basically... Okay, so the premise of it, Blade is basically a half-human, half-vampire from Marvel comics, right, yeah, if you right. know, don't know about him. And the premise of this movie is basically, there's been some genetic messing around with it. Pe basically, bad people want to use it and turn people into soldiers and that kind yeah, of thing. Just yeah. they want to take the best things out of it and make new things with it. But they end up making basically a crackhead vampire that kills other vampires and humans and turns them into... It's basically like a virus sort of thing. Right. And so... Again, that's all backdrop, and then it sort of turns into Blade has to work with a group of people who basically were trained since birth to murder him, because vampires don't like him because he hunts them down. Yes. Because he's one of them, but he hates them because they turned him into one of him and they killed his mother yes. when he was being birthed. So, basically, has to work with people that he just he hates them and they are constantly trying to murder him mid fight and all this kind of stuff. And it's just, it's really interesting because it sort of shows the whole enemy my enemy sort of aspect in a movie. It shows a lot of, like, it has a lot of action, it has a lot of entertainment value, and it's, again, a really simple movie, where it just sort of, it's there, it keeps you entertained, and it's just really fun with itself. Like, it doesn't take itself too seriously. So, I don't know, it's, and plus, I just love vampires in general. Like, I love the idea of them, it's part of why I love Blade as a character, because vampires and supernatural, but, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, I don't know. Honestly, I'd probably have it, again, this would probably be below Pulp Fiction, but I still <laughs> really love it. Like, Fair I've enough. watched it so many times for All no right. reason. All right. All right, you're number Fair five. Enough. Now, we are, for me, getting into more commercially 
successful blockbusters type thing. Mm-hmm. My number five is The Incredibles. Ooh. I love the movie. It was the best Fantastic Four movie out there. <laughs> All right, that was yes. it, it. It was wonderful. Um, and anyone who argues they weren't the Fantastic Four, they're the Fantastic Four. <laughs> like there, there were a, there were like several people who who were just like you know. Um, this was a Fantastic Four knockoff. When is the last time that you saw a Fantastic Four movie as good as The Incredibles? Exactly. <laughs> that, like that, they they mixed the Fantastic Four plus took interesting powers and and they just formed it all together to make a really good cohesive movie. Yeah. Right. Um, and again, they also tackled very serious issues. Yeah. Um, they talked about what would essentially be racism right. for supers versus yeah. humans. Yeah. They talked about uh, like adult issues like infidelity, yeah. that kind of thing, trust, yeah. marriage, kind of depression, honestly. Yes. Because yes. like, <laughs> yeah. they go through a lot of stuff really well. Yeah. It was. Like, and at the same time, it's also kind of a coming of age tale for the kids. Yes. Definitely. Because they've never been really accepted for their powers, so and, they have. Yes. And then they 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 are thrown into this big adventure when they have to. First, learn how to use their superpowers effectively, hmm. and then actually have to save their parents. And then all of a sudden, everything that they've been taught at the end of the movie is completely thrown away because they're public figures now. Yeah. Meaning that, that, that they, they, they have to learn what to say, what not to say, yeah. how to use their powers, who to save, if they, they, they have a dilemma whatnot. Hmm. So it was, it was my, my favorite character in the movie between um, Elastigirl and Edna, probably. Oh my gosh, yeah. Edna um, is fantastic. She's so great. And she she actually was was voiced by the director Brad Bird for anybody <laughs> oh who who didn't know it. The character Edna was was actually based like her look was mm-hmm. based off of her potential voice actor. Oh. But and, but but that voice actor tried to mm-hmm. be Edna and Brad Bird was like, "No, no, no. You got to do it like this." And then he did it and everybody in the studio was dying laughing and they thought that it was the most memorable just like um take that a director has ever tried so they were like why are you paying her when you can do it for free when you could do it exactly so so he did it for the entire movie and everybody loved it like she she was made into countless memes Mm -hmm. everybody loved it um in in her limited screen time she 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 gave more meaningful lines than most of the characters in the film, um, she was in it for all of what, like fifteen minutes of yeah. screen time, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and even that's kind of pushing it. Like, it was, it was quite interesting. They, 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 they really do have to keep her for the sequel. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I am so excited. <laughs> they, they, they have to have a scene that follows up the Frozone scene. Mm. In Incredibles, they have to. <laughs> they have to. Um, so, like, if you don't come out of that movie with at least one character you absolutely just love, yeah, and you yeah. can't, like, that just made it for you, I don't know right. how. I just, it's impossible. So, they they definitely have to take their time with the sequel mm-hmm. and make sure that it's good. So, I I love the movie. I watched it when, when I was 10, when I was 15, when, I, when I'm 19. Yeah. I watched the movie. I love the movie. It's wonderful to me. All right. So, Fair enough. That's me. Alright, All right. go ahead. Uh, we're on number four? Uh, yes, number four. Alright, now, question on this one actually. I can go either to animated film, which I know you have one, but I might want to wait until you do yours yeah. and have yours be last. Uh, go for the other ones. Alright. Preferably. So this one is my favorite romance movie because I have, oh. like I felt like, eh, I gotta put that in there somewhere. It's gonna be Silver Linings Playbooks. Of course. 
has yes of course go on go on it's so good though okay so this was like when jennifer lawrence had just become like the it girl where everybody just loved her and everyone was learning who she was and then bradley cooper he's the main guy character in it if you know who bradley cooper is then you probably know why he's great honestly and then it has chris tucker in it and i i do not joke to you like i'm trying to keep my language down but he's in it for all of three scenes where he pops up for like five minutes he is like the best character in the movie really? because he's absolutely hysterical it's the smallest stuff and okay basically the premise of the movie is bradley cooper is mentally unstable he has various mental illnesses all this kind of stuff same thing with jennifer lawrence same thing with um uh what was it chris tucker yeah and basically bradley cooper is trying to win back his ex-wife mm-hmm. who divorced with him recently because he had an outburst and something bad happened between them and he had been in a mental institution for a few months. And it just sort of follows him recovering and he meets Jennifer Lawrence and she sort of makes a deal with him because she can talk to her for him. All this kind of stuff. And then typical lovey-dovey, all that kind of stuff, which I love that stuff because I love romantic stuff and all that kind of stuff. It's, I love it because it just explores such interesting themes of like being unstable and being, it shows how insecure people are and then they're in love and that makes them even more insecure. And it's just, it's, I love it. It's so much. It, 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 it is quite interesting because it is one of the only movies that, that shows, um, the, some of the joys of people living with mental illness. Yeah. And people see mental illness and then there's this extreme social stigma towards it. And people think that these people need to be watched yeah. for every single day, every single second of their lives. When this movie shows, you know, this guy has mental illness, but he likes this person that that is actually talking to him and isn't quite scared of him. It's, yeah, and, exactly. And it's 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 interesting because it shows you, wow, people with with mental illness can love. They have feelings. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have this such this large social stigma towards them. Exactly. Another um really interesting theme I find in it is like the hints of yeah. people who aren't diagnosed as mentally ill and yet you can see the insanity of people in like an everyday thing right like right. Bradley Cooper's father he's incredibly OCD and people he used to have anger management issues and all that kind of stuff but he was never diagnosed so he's considered to be a normal functioning person in society right, right. when the movie show, slowly shows you a normal person or classified as normal air quotes person can be just as unstable, if not more, than people who yes. are diagnosed as schizophrenic yes. or something yes, like yes, that. Yes. So it's, I, I don't know, I just really like the direction it was taken. They do the romance in an interesting way that it's not just in your face, but it's, like you can yeah. sort of pick up on the ideas. Yeah. It's like something's happening here, but I don't know if they're going to force it. So it's, it's a good one. Good one, kind of recent classic in my opinion, but not really, yeah, honestly. Yeah. All right, and... How about you? Uh, now we are getting to my top four movies. I love these movies. Number four for me is Inglorious Bastards. Okay. I love the movie. <laughs> yes. It is wonderful. So I'm just going to say this. If people haven't picked up by now, I love Quentin Tarantino. And Quentin Tarantino did direct um, Inglorious Bastards. I think yeah. it was his sixth or seventh? Uh, I think sixth, like yeah. That? Actually, wait, did he? No, he may not have directed. Mm, I think he, I don't know if he did. Yes, he did. He did. Really? Yeah, he did. Oh, good. I know that he was heavily... Dude, wrong movie. You're thinking of the wrong one. But yeah, he can, he did the um, new one. The old one, no, but he did the new one in 2008. And it was, so he has an all-star cast, let me just say this. Yes, he has yes. Eli Roth, which is a smaller part in the film, the Bear Jew, if you don't know who that is. Um, 
uh, Brad Pitt as basically a captain of the soldiers that it follows. Um, Chris, or sorry, yeah, Christoph Waltz as one of the most memorable movie villains yes, of all time, in yes, my absolute memorable. opinion. And um, it also has Michael Fassbender as a very small but very yes, memorable role, yes. in my opinion. And then there's always Stiglitz. Ah, uh, <laughs> Stiglitz. It was, it, it was definitely an, an interesting movie where it was historical fiction. Mm-hmm. You, you don't see those types of movies much anymore. It's, it's either fiction or it's nonfiction, yeah. <laughs> but this one is just historical fiction. Like, like it, it, it makes sure that there's no supernatural or fantasy parts to it. But it's yeah. like s- sort of a what if storyline. Yeah, <laughs> what if this happened? It can be incredibly like bombastic at times, where it's like you see something like that doesn't make any. But I mean, it could happen if somebody was you know dumb enough to do that. Yes. So it's <laughs> like everything you see, you're like this could happen, but they're making it entertaining enough so that you don't think it would actually happen, Definitely. or you would hope it wouldn't. Right. But yeah, I'd agree. Very, very good. I actually probably should have put that one maybe in my list. Maybe like number 10. Because that one, really good one. Great oh story. Yeah, it was nice. That's actually the first movie that I really started to learn about Quentin Tarantino from. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I didn't realize okay. like all the movies I liked were him until I saw that one and looked yeah. it up. So, yeah. Um, all right, moving on to my number three. Yeah, the third one, yeah. I'll do... Okay, I'll save the animated one. It's not my number one, but again, really... We really want to hear your number one as the animated one. Sorry. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Now, anyone who has seen this movie knows, can probably figure out a lot about me just from saying it's probably one of my top three favorite movies of all time. Because, again, it's a romance, it's an action movie, and it's basically all based around video game culture and pop culture. And it's just so ridiculously stupid for no reason, yet it's so well done. It's, a, it's based off of a graphic novel series, which had six different volumes and spanned however long. I actually don't remember how long. Yeah, yeah. But it it follows basically the story of this alleged loser, Scott Pilgrim, and talks about how he can never get a girl. He finally scores some amazing girlfriend, and then it slowly does into his backstory, people he's dated, his band, Sex Babom. Oh, oh. And all oh. this stuff. Don't worry, it's not like too weird or anything like that. Oh, yeah, it has an all-star cast. It has Michael Sarah, if you know who he is, who is basically, like, nerd god number one because he's just so awkward and out of nowhere. Um, has Mary Winstead as uh, Ramona Flowers, which is his main love interest. A um, couple other random people. Um, I know Anna Kendricks is in it. Um, yeah, I can't think of a lot of, actually, other small-time actors. But, yeah, very well done. Uh, fits the story very well for a graphic novel um, adaptation. Especially considering how long the actual books were in yeah, comparison. Yeah, definitely. So it condos- condenses the um, material well. And yeah, just great, great movie in my opinion. So, get to my top three. Mm-hmm. My number three is actually the, um, the first addition to the James Bond franchise reboot with uh-huh. Daniel Craig, Casino oh, Royale. Yes. Oh, okay. I yes. love the movie. I love, love, love it. I knew this one was coming. I, I, they... they they take James Bond mm-hmm. and they keep the character, but they put a modern spin on it. So everybody yep. from older audiences to mm-hmm. younger audiences who this is their first James Bond movie, yep. they all love it at like at one time. And it was and I just it was amazing. It was, it was great. Okay, when I first saw this movie, the intro sequence is phenomenal. Yes. The song is <laughs> yes. great, the visuals are fantastic. 
Uh, I really like the direction they took this um, James Bond in. Yes, Because yes, yes, I've yes, told yes. you before, before Daniel Craig, my favorite Bond was probably Pierce Brosnan, mainly because of Goldeneye, because great movie, <laughs> awesome game. It's just everything about it is great. Now up there, honestly, along with, with the additions of uh, Skyfall, Quantum Solace, and now Spectre, right. I might put Daniel Craig over Pierce Brosnan, honestly. Ooh, I probably would, only because Sean Bean, the villain in Goldeneye, was yeah. also helping Pierce Brosnan, yeah. but now it's kind of like... The villains for Daniel Craig are so good. Yeah, um, one one thing is they do show a much more vulnerable, grittier, yes. darker, more violent Bond. Yeah. And the thing that I love about the movie is the entire movie, he's not James Bond. Mm-hmm. Or the, the James Bond that people have come to know and love. Right. The entire movie, he's building up towards... Um, falling in love, getting his double O status, yeah. getting his license to kill... Learning not to kill everybody in sight. Exactly. <laughs> and, and like at the end of the movie, the final scene, then the entire audience realizes, oh, he is James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Um, and it it just took so many old things that weren't in style anymore, threw them out, mm-hmm. kept the the um, the necessary things. It really was like a proper breath of fresh air into the series. It was like great, yes. now okay, quick one on this before we go to the next one. Yeah. How did you feel about the Bond girl, Vesper? Um. I feel like Eva Green. She mm. she she did phenomenal in it. Mm. Um, she wasn't my favorite Bond girl. Okay. Um, Fair enough. She uh, she she definitely brought an an air of independence and strength to the the um, Bond girl franchise. Right. But uh, I I really do love the concept of Vesper Lynn. That before Vesper Lynn, James Bond was a normal man, right. who like he would sleep with girls, but he but he didn't view them as simply objects, right? Mm. And then he got his heart broken, got betrayed in probably the worst way possible, and then um, and then all of a sudden at the end of the movie he turned he comes comes in holding this this huge gun, wearing a suit and tie, and mm. he. De- and, and he pretty much declares who he is, yeah. and everyone's like, "Oh my God, this is great!" Right? right. So, um, yeah, and then I, he's the, the the James Bond that people come to know and love. It it, get, it got raving reviews. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. Previous James Bonds came and watched it, and they were like, "Yo, Daniel Craig is phenomenal. I, he was great in the role." It was, I find it, was, it interesting because I feel like he probably had the best debut as Bond from yes. anybody. <laughs> I. I could say, again, I would argue Pierce Brosnan had as good of one because GoldenEye was his debut as Bond. But, honestly, all the other Bonds compared to either of those two, no. Like, it it was not anywhere near as impressive, in I, my opinion. And I did love how they kept Judy Dench as M. <laughs> yeah. I did love it. Because it, it, it definitely was sort of an Easter egg to the older audiences where it's just like, okay, okay, well, well this... This, this isn't newfangled bond. Too, yeah, this 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 isn't too new. Right. But okay. it but it's still new. Yeah. She she um views James Bond as still more of a son mm-hmm. than an agent or, or or an employee. Yeah. And it was it was great. I love straight up scold him sometimes. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was, I was like, yeah. So it was nice. All right. Fair enough. Very nice. All right. Uh, moving on to number two. Now this this one. This is probably the only movie that, as an adult, I can say almost brought me to tears. Not gonna lie. This and maybe the end of Furious 7, just because I love Paul Walker, but... 50-50, if anyone has ever seen that movie. 
the premise of the movie is Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he's a young, just, guy. He's a regular guy, basic job, all that kind of stuff. And he has his best friend is Seth Rogen. He's in a stable relationship with an artist, and then they find out he has cancer. And, oh, yeah. And it just sort of goes through it, and the entire movie is just his family trying to calm him down. He seems so okay with it. He's like, it's okay, this thing happens to people. I can make it through this, it'll be fine. And everyone's just bearing oh, wow. down on him, freaking out. And he's like, if like he doesn't need them to be freaking out on him. And then like yeah, over time, yeah. it turns out his girlfriend's been cheating on him. Seth Rogen helps like discovers that and helps him through his relationship. And it's hilarious because oh, Seth wow. Rogen already hates his girlfriend. Oh. And then he just rubs the evidence in her face. Oh, and wow. it's it, and then it goes through, he has a new romance with a girl uh, played by Anna Kendrick. She's actually his physical therapist, or not physical therapist, his therapist because he has a therapist due to the... Um, really? Yep, he, basically they are like, okay, just to make sure you're all right and dealing with everything mentally fine, we're yeah. going to assign you to this new girl. Turns out it, she's his first patient out of college, so she's like, I don't really know how to handle this, but I'll do my best and whatever spend, stems from there. And yet it just gets so like out of nowhere emotional at times because I'm gonna kind of spoil something but there's this one scene where he meets these two old guys who he just bonds with over chemotherapy he always talks to them before and afterwards and then he just comes in one day and he's like what happened to Bob or Bill or something like that and he's like oh he passed last night and they're just like oh that happened and there's nothing we can do about it like he didn't know what to do about it he realized that could be him at any time and then it just keeps going and then it just hits mm. you at the end and then it's Honestly, that probably might be my number two. I, like, wow. I feel like that's fitting. It's plus, I love really? Joseph Gordon Levitt. Mm-hmm. His acting yeah, is yeah, phenomenal. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Seth Rogen is hilarious to me. It's yeah. so yeah. And yourself? Nice. Um, my my number two is close to my number one, mm-hmm. but it is The Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Phenomenal performances on every end. I doubt that, that that I need to explain all of it. Heath Ledger, yeah. amazing. Christian Bale, good. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Michael Caine was, was fantastic. Morgan Freeman, fantastic. Um, it was, and um, Aaron Eckhart was the the, the one who played Two Face. Um, he was great. The the he came out of nowhere with his performance for me. He did. I didn't it expect was, him to be that good. It was very nice. Like so so seeing all that and just watching all of it get put together mm-hmm. in this realistic world where Kryptonians and aliens and and none of that exists. Yeah. And it's just one man and one city of crime. It was it was quite fantastic for me. But you, no. you know what would have made it better though? If the flash was there. No, stop. Yes. That. No. Everything is better no. with the flash. No. I'm sorry. No. Everything. He has no place in that universe. But no, he no, could no. have helped no. so much. No. You remember when all those bombs were in no. Gotham General? <laughs> no. You know who could have handled that? The Flash. He could have handled it like that. In a second. Funny. Anyways. <laughs> Moving on to our number one. in a flash. <laughs> now, this one is close to my heart just because I remember seeing it as a kid and I watch it now and it never, ever disappoints me. Every time I watch it, I'm like, I love all these characters. This music is fantastic. I just love everything about it. It has to be Tarzan, the animated movie. Huh. I really I love Tarzan. That's and probably in, in my top like top top twenty-five, I'd say. Dang, yeah. Really? <laughs> It's okay. This one is also Mulan. Also was contender for this one. Yes. Just because of more of the message in Mulan and also the art style and all that kind of stuff. Yes. The thing about Tarzan is that it's a timeless story. If you don't know about Tarzan, I don't know where you've been living. You've li- <laughs> you've been living under a rock. I'm sorry, but 
it's just such an amazing story of a man who was raised by apes and he becomes just this peak of physical fitness and human like just human being and whatever he is and then he actually encounters human beings and he sees all of what they are and he's very slow picking up what everything yes, is yes but then over time he starts to see like it also gives him a sense of right and wrong where yes. you can see you shouldn't hurt these animals or these people because what you're doing is you don't want to hurt other people for no reason and people are like but we can make money off of this and he's like no what <laughs> sense does that like it's just such a simple story and i yes. love all the characters jane easily my favorite disney princess even though she isn't a princess quote unquote yes yeah so his timeless tale his his innocence was quite endearing i'd mm-hmm. say um, his when his, they're teaching him words and all of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his, um, him him being torn between the family that 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 he grew up with yes. and who he is mm-hmm. is quite interesting. They 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 had a um, a deep scene where he was talking to his brother and they um, and his brother is also an ape. Yeah. <laughs> so they are talking and go to the um, go to the stream actually yeah. and they look at themselves in the water. And he asks his his mother later, I think, mm-hmm. um, why do I look so different from yeah. everybody else? And she says that that doesn't really matter. You're my son. Exactly. And what's what's interesting is that the apes can talk, he can talk, and then he gets around humans and like I'd, I he talks like an ape. <laughs> yeah, like he, to so to the audience he's talking like an ape. To the humans mm-hmm. he's talking like an ape, and they're like, "What is he saying?" And I'm like, see, that's, now that's interesting. <laughs> like I'm that, glad that they did that, Yes, honestly. yes, I, like, that would be terrible to to sort of, like, talk to apes, talk to humans, and then the apes are scared of the humans, so they don't talk. Just like, like Tarzan they, turns to like, hello, humans, welcome to our island. Yeah, I'm like, like <laughs> whoa, <laughs> it's like, that's, um, easy. No, so that, that was, that was definitely interesting. Yeah. It was an original concept, I loved it. That was nice. Mm. Now, my favorite movie, same reason, Close okay. to the heart. Pause for one go second. On, go I'm on. just gonna let you know. I might argue with this one on it. Really? Go for it. I respect it as a movie, but go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, my number one is The Lion King. Yes. It, it was close to my heart. I watched it from my childhood on, mm-hmm. and it it got um just so many themes. The music was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it gets the better characters with age, was honestly. was great. Yes, definitely. You because 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 every single time that you watch it, you notice something new, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, is that what they mean? Oh. I I think this is what they mean. Oh, oh, Lord. (laughs) Yeah. So, so the the movie is definitely great on so many levels. Yeah. I personally love it. And tell me how you would argue. So, okay, I'm not going to disagree that Lion King is a phenomenal movie in its own right. I feel like it's been overhyped to the point that I can see how you love it, but I just feel like a lot of time when I hear people talk about Lion King, it's like it's the perfect movie. Easy now. Eh, no. Easy <laughs> no, now. No, no. It's an awesome movie, and its themes and messages and all that kind of stuff are fantastic. Yeah. And I don't see how it couldn't somewhat hit you close to home. Like, I'm sorry, the Mufasa scene when during the um, what is it, the uh, stampeding buffalo yeah, or something yeah. like that? Yeah. I don't get how you can't at least somewhat be touched by that. Yeah. But um, the what 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 sucks is the the overhyping. Of movies, yeah, it definitely sucks. But but I, I like the movie because of what it spoke to me. Yeah. Right. I'm like I'm I'm not saying that everybody should love it. Mm. I'm not saying that it should have gotten a 
five out of five with every single movie critics. Right. I'm saying that I personally loved it the the best, and I'm not a fan of musicals. Yeah, <laughs> like, and I, I respect that. And and the, like when I watch movies, I want to watch a movie, hmm. not a play, right? Yeah. But like with 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 these dramatic songs and nice like montages and whatnot. But but they integrated. But but it 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 integrated so well mm. that it added to the story as opposed to taking away for me. So it was great. I loved it personally. Um, so Respect. that's why that's my number one. Absolutely respectful list. I yeah, yeah. not gonna lie, most of your movies, yeah, fantastic <laughs> movies. Um oh okay question. Any honorable mentions that you can think of? Oof. Um, I, I, ooh, ooh. Uh, one I want to bring up <laughs> that I right. promised I would tell for a friend, The Shawshank Redemption. It is, okay, that's one of the few movies, right. I haven't seen it all the way through, but every time I talk to anyone about it who's seen it, they absolutely love right. it. All right. yeah. And that friend, he yeah. loves it. It is, I, like, I've only ever heard amazing things about it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I really need to see it one day. I'd I'd probably say also honorable mention probably Captain America the Winter Soldier. Yeah, um, that was it, 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 it brought a conspiracy aspect to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but did it so well. The soundtrack was great. Um, it, it was it helped. It show just caught me off guard. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, the thing was the first Captain America movie was so like eh, like yeah, it was good, yeah. but it no Captain one... America the first Avenger exactly, and then the second movie comes out and and, and, and it's like Captain America might die. Oh, <laughs> it's just like oh oh okay. <laughs> but, and it also showed that Marvel movies don't have to be superhero movies. Yes, they can be just fun. Like that one was a spy thriller. Yes, it yeah. shows that they have that range, which is fantastic. Um, it's wonderful. Let me try to Um, if anybody's seen it, The Road to El Dorado. That one honestly yes. was fighting for Tarzan with me. <laughs> yes, like, really for could, number one. Well, again, my list was all out of order. Oh yeah, yeah, order, yeah fair But enough. it could have honestly, Road to El Dorado should have been on my list. I don't know why I didn't put it on there. It's so good. Even though at its time it was a box office flop. I know. It's it, so weird to well, it, disappointing actually. It definitely is one of those classic ones that grows with time and age and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I'd agree with that. Um, I'm I'm actually going to bring up franchises. Okay. Star Wars, Ooh, yes, classics, <laughs> classic, classic, just classic. That I'm just gonna put it like that. I um, love Star Wars. Attack of the Clones, kind of, you know, was yeah. the nuts for me. <laughs> Phantom Menace, I could deal with because you know Darth Maul. So yes. yeah, and also Qui Gon Jinn, yeah, Qui Gon Jinn, so great. Yeah. Jar Jar, eh, could have been. With <laughs> that. He, they thought he was gonna be the next Chewbacca. That's adorable. Char- uh. Like no, they really did. That's really? exactly that's yeah. exactly what he was designed for. It's a shame. Yeah. Um. Ooh, randomly, just gonna say this: huge Will Smith fan. Before I say these two, I Robot and I Am Legend. Okay. Both of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, they they would definitely be honorable mentions for me. Um, Not in the top ten, but up there. I now for me personally, I'd say Denzel Washington Training Day. Um, ooh, yes. I. That movie was good to me, not just because it was a good story and not just because it was a good movie, but it um, it stretched Denzel Washington's um, acting skills to the point where he wasn't a good guy yeah. anymore. He was the co-star of the film with, with Ethan Hawke, mm-hmm. but he had to play a bad guy that people both liked and disliked at the same time, sort of like Heath Ledger's Joker, but not to that level. Yeah. But he, he, he still had to, had to make himself an enduring villain and that people would thing. always remember. So. The interesting thing up until then is yes. I remember uh, Denzel Washington. He hadn't really done any bad guy yes. roles yes. until then. Like since then, he's done like American Gangster, which was yeah. really good, yes. like awesome. 
But that was the first time you really saw him like that, and I, I liked seeing it. Right. It was an interesting sight to see of him. Yes, it was, it um, was quite nice. Ooh, one more just sort of like fuzz sort of movie. Like, I just really like it for no kind of reason. Yeah. John Wick, it, it builds such an right. interesting world. <laughs> so quickly and it just doesn't like it doesn't force the world on you it's just like yep this is the world there's a hotel where assassins <laughs> stay and you're not allowed to kill other assassins in it except that nice um honorable mention for me would would be skyfall um, yes yes that, that almost made it that that did almost make it to my top 10 that i think is my favorite um daniel craig movie really actually. Yep. oh wow yeah That's i know cool. um casino royale was the it obviously at first because it was so good. Quantum of Solace, I actually liked more than most people did. So did I. I didn't, lot, yeah, yeah, I feel like a lot of people hate it. That's what I always hear, but I didn't mind it. But Skyfall was, it just blew me out of the water. Yeah. It had the best villain in my opinion. Like, the shape was good, but Silva was just <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and then the ending just sort of hits you. It takes you home. Like, it, it right. changes things. Yep. <laughs> yes, so, it um, Let me think. Anything I'd, else? I'd probably say the first Avengers movie. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that 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 did sort of make the Marvel Cinematic Universe legitimate, I'd say. Yeah. Where they're like, that's that guy from that one movie. Mm-hmm. That's that other guy from that one movie. That's they're all in a circle. Like so, yeah. so so that that movie sort of established like, hey, these guys from these previous movies that that did okay at the box office, mm-hmm. they're all going to go team up like the comic books. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh my god, this is nostalgia for me right here and makes 1.5 billion dollars and then creates a franchise and it was in so much danger because every single movie up until then it was built up it's like guess what we're gonna mention Captain America we're gonna mention Iron Man hey Black Widow's here every now and again (laughs) until they did the Avengers everything could have just gone to shit it could have it could have just completely failed and we would not live in the world we live in today where Marvel (laughs) basically owns us yeah (laughs) Marvel pretty much owns us basically Um, now question um as we wrap up, um, what are the movies that you're looking forward to the most coming up? Ooh, coming up. Oh, Infinity War. Ooh, actually, that's a, that's a while from now. But yeah. I, yeah, oddly enough, I'm actually not as excited as other people are for Infinity War. Ooh, uh, Deadpool. Yeah. Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for reminding me of that yeah. one. Deadpool. Deadpool. Fantastic. Ryan Reynolds getting that second chance in the role of a lifetime I is great. In the movie he was in, I didn't even dislike Deadpool. I actually liked him because he was like, he never shuts up, and it fits. Yay. Because they made him shut up. Yeah. And then he saw his mouth closed. Like, yeah. awesome. Wonderful. Um, I'm looking forward to Batman vs. Superman. Mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, Big time. It is a huge, it is a huge step okay. for DC. Let's just like, shoot through all the um, superhero movies. All right, go right. ahead. Doctor Strange, Black Panther. Civil War. Civil War. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Civil War. All right. Um, there's another one that I'm trying to remember, but... You know what I want? I want an Iron Fist movie. I want it to happen. I know it's not going to happen, but... Um, oh my god, dude! Star Wars. Yes. Force Awakens. <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars The Force Awakens. Oh <laughs> yes. my gosh, that is going to be such a risk. That I feel like that's as big as The Avengers, if not bigger. Yes. Actually, I feel like it's bigger. Yes. <laughs> like, if that fails, then people are gonna, just going to die inside. Um... That that is a huge risk. I I really don't like how they had George Lucas serve as the creative consultants for the yeah. first stages yeah. of script writing, and they have the person directing Star or, or who like made Star Trek mm-hmm. 
Did he made it directed? He, yeah, he rebooted it, and now I'm worried yeah, so, that there's going to be like some residual. Yeah, Star Trek <laughs> I'm just like you really have to make sure that that you capture the spirit of Star Wars. Yeah. What what Star Wars did was it was this futuristic series that didn't take itself too seriously. Mm. You could tell everybody was people in makeup, <laughs> but it was Jeez. people in really creative makeup. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and it drew you in. It did. <laughs> it did. Um. Ooh, uh, smaller one, smaller one. That um, a couple friends of ours are actually really looking forward to. Uh, Zoolander two. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm all right with it. I like the first Zoolander, but it's like I wouldn't go out of my way to see. Like if that and Star Wars are coming out, no, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry, no. But Zoolander two, I feel like it could be a good time. Could like entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I, all right. Uh, I. That's all see, I can is, is there anything else? Oh, um, I forgot a. Honorable mention actually, Straight Outta Compton was oh, was yeah. was actually an honorable mention for me. Now the interesting thing with me is I actually watched that with you. Yes. And I was in no mood to watch it. Like when we started, <laughs> I was sitting there, I was like, I'm not gonna sit through this. I'm gonna sit through like 30 minutes and be like, screw it, I'm out. I watched it. I like at about 15 minutes in, I'm like, I can't leave now. <laughs> I can't just not watch this. And then like halfway through, I'm like, nice. this is this is phenomenal. It was nice. Yeah, they've been coming up with some good movies recently. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, this was actually interesting because I hadn't expected our first um, podcast to be very, you know, pop culture. I, I like yeah, it. Yeah. I actually like the feel of it. Um, oh, mm, yes, <laughs> Finding Dory. I still have not watched the trailer for that. Um, it's it's an endearing trailer. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll I'll put it like that. Finding Nemo was such again. It was such a creative. Interesting film for, yeah. for people of all ages. They make um, people care about fish so much. They did. And no one cares about fish. Did you know that Clownfish sales went straight up after it? I'm Mommy, not. Daddy, I want a Nemo. What? And everyone what? names him Nemo. Yeah, what like, about Marlin? Oh, okay. That's a shame. It's like, come on. But, um... Huh. Yeah, I, I, I am looking to The Incredibles too. I what forgot that? about that. 2017. That's not too far. Yeah. I it. oh, God. It's not too far. Ooh, ooh, real quick, dishonorable mention of something that <laughs> happened recently. <laughs> Just gotta say, right. Fantastic Four. Oh, come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I Here's the thing, I liked the first Fantastic Four movie. I actually liked it. A lot of people didn't. I really enjoyed it. The second one, not as good, but alright. I really enjoyed um, the interaction between the characters. It made me feel like they were really a family. This one just felt cold and stale, and they were just disconnected. Yeah. And I just didn't, like, I didn't feel like, oh yeah, Sue and Reed are gonna get married one day. They, they, I could see that happening. No, I feel like they, like, work yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, Like, at um, best. Another movie that, that I, that I want to see, apparently is really good, Creed. Yes. <laughs> apparently it's really, really good. Michael B. Jordan just on the rise. He is an amazing actor, yes. <laughs> it's quite interesting. Um, another slight, small honorable mention for me, okay. The Man From U.N.C.L.E. Um, that yeah. that that actually was a change of pace. It was an old school spy movie that was made in 2015 <laughs> with one of the up and coming actors, Henry Cavill. Yes. This dude wanted to be James Bond. <laughs> Didn't work Almost out. got to be James Bond, even though he was only like three years older than I am. He yeah. was, I think, 22, 23 at the time. He's a young man. When <laughs> when he auditioned, and then he got to be Superman, mm. and then he got to play his James Bond audition right. in The Man from Uncle. <laughs> And then now he's one of the top runner-ups for when Daniel Craig steps down. Yeah. As the next James Bond, I'm like, mm, wow, it's quite, quite interesting. And very last one, because we really got to wrap up. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't expect this to go an entire hour and some. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. 
Now, I don't feel like anybody else watches the Mission Impossible movies anymore, especially considering how young I am. I yeah. should be watching them. Yeah. They just keep getting better. Like, the third one was really <laughs> good, and then the fourth one was good, and Tom Cruise just doesn't... He doesn't suck anymore. He's not crazy anymore. <laughs> like, right. he can always pull off Ethan Hunt, if nothing else, even though he still does so much running for no reason. <laughs> like, just random That man is just old. She needs to sit down and take a breather. Just relax. Ethan Hunt will never rest. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up there. All right, uh, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Like I said, inaugural episode of Towson University Podcast. Um, we will probably release another one a week or two. We'll figure out what the topic is then, but hopefully see you then. And thank you for joining.